Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Bill Telephone Series. I'm Liz Southern, Child Development Consultant with the Braille Institute. Tonight's topic is children slowly losing their vision. The Dr. Bill Telephone Series is an educational program focusing on pediatric eye conditions for parents, teachers, and other professionals working with young children with visual impairment. The topics presented should not be considered a medical or educational consultation but information to help us better understand pediatric eye conditions. And now I will hand it over to Dr. Bill. Thank you very much, Liz. I really appreciate you always being here and doing all of this type of work for us. So thank you. And also thank you to all of you who are attending the call tonight. I know it's really a a very, very beautiful evening tonight. And you could be barbecuing or having a really great dinner, but uh, you guys could do it after we're done with this call then, okay? (laughs) So tonight, I've been asked to talk about how to work with children who may be losing some of their vision. And this is something a little different than what we generally talk about. But there are, in fact, situations in which a child may have an eye disease and their vision will deteriorate. Some of those types of eye diseases include glaucoma. And this is a condition where there's too much fluid in the eye. And this fluid presses on the nerve and it damages the nerves. We also have other conditions in which a child may have suffered from a detachment of the retina because of premature birth. And when children are born very prematurely and the retina is not able to reattach to the eye, we also may experience a loss of the child's vision. And there are other types and conditions that are progressive, such as cataracts. Most of us have heard of cataracts, and that is when the lens that is inside the eye, it starts to become clouded. And as it gets dirtier and dirtier and dirtier every year, the patient has a hard time seeing through it. But one good thing about having cataracts like that is even if the cataract is getting worse, there will be a time that the eye doctor will say, well, let's take those cataracts out And let's put an artificial lens in the eye. And these children will very quickly notice a big improvement in their vision. But the main reason why I want to talk about how to work with children, how to talk to children, and how to speak to parents about a child who has vision that is getting worse is that it is very, 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 very important that we learn, we learn how we could help these kids. One of the things that many of you might know about me is that for most of my life, I had perfect vision. And it was something that allowed me to become an eye doctor And after I became an eye doctor, I became very interested in helping children. You know, it really, really broke my heart when I would see these little babies and they really couldn't see well enough. Or I would see young infants, maybe two or three years old, and they're walking using a a white cane with a red tip. And so I went into the field of slow vision specialty, 
And what we do as doctors who specialize in low vision, we learn how to make very specialized types of glasses. We make specialized types of telescopes. We have specialized microscopes. And we now have, oh, so many pieces of computer equipment. And with all of this type of devices, I'm really happy to say that for most children who have low vision, we can improve their vision. And to see these kids as they get older and their vision improves, and they will come back and they will tell us things that they're doing. Hey, Dr. Bill, Dr. Bill, this weekend I went to the park and I played soccer with my cousins for the first time. They actually let me go out there and kick the soccer ball. It was so much fun. And I think of the time that I remember first seeing them, there would be no way that they could see the soccer ball on the field. Or pretty soon, we're going to be having kids coming into our office, and they're going to be telling us, hey, I went trick-or-treating, and I got so much candy. It was so much fun. I dressed up like a ghost. And when they tell you these stories and you hear the excitement, you realize that these kids are living life doesn't matter that they have a vision problem, but they are doing the things that are so exciting and so fun that they get to live life. Now, in my own personal situation, my life was going just perfectly fine. I was so happy to be working and helping the kids. I was so happy that I found a woman who would marry me, and my wife and I, we had our own two kids. Everything was going great. But then I began to notice when I was driving home at night, sometimes I wasn't seen as well as I used to. I would have to turn on the high beams on my headlights of the car. But then, as months went by, I began to notice I was having a harder time reading the print on the newspaper. And then, when I would go out and play tennis, I realized, man, I, I'm not seeing the ball well. I'm not hitting it right at the perfect time. So I then went to some of my friends, and I said, you know hey, I'm really worried because there's something going on with my vision. And I was in my 50s, so I said, you know, can you guys check me for glaucoma? I might be developing glaucoma, and I might need some medication. Well, they tested me for that, and they said, no, you don't have glaucoma. And they said, well, let's go ahead and let's check your retina on a special instrument. And with that particular test, they told me, hey, Dr. Bill, I'm not kidding, but you have a retina that is not working properly anymore. You have areas where your retina is dead. And you have other areas that the retina is halfway dead. We need to really find out what is going on with your retina. So I went to some other clinics at the UCLA, and they told me that I have a disease where the cells in my retina are dying. And they say, do you have any other family members who are blind or who have this? And I said, not that I know, but let me go and find out. And I called all my relatives, and there's nobody. 
And within a couple of months, I noticed my vision worsening even more. And I said, you know what? I can't drive anymore. This is too dangerous. So I started riding my bike to places that I would go to. And pretty soon, I was not safe to ride a bike. And then pretty soon, I was bumping into people when I was walking. And I realized, you know what? I am going to have to retire from being an eye doctor. I, I am not seeing well enough to do my job. And it, it really, really broke my heart because I loved, I loved helping the kids with low vision. But there were certain things that I learned from my own personal experience of losing vision. And these experiences I'd like to share with all of you so that you could talk to parents who have a child with low vision. Or you could talk to friends of that child who have low vision. And by educating them on things that they should and should not say, it could really, really help that child. I remember one of the things that was going on with me is that there were times that we would have family gatherings. You know, every other Sunday, my wife would like to cook for people and she would make all kinds of food and invite the relatives and friends over. And now because of tonight's call, I have a, a, a new menu item I want her to make. I want her to make the roast chicken with a Mexican-style corn. Oh, and the baked potato. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be so good. <laughs> but when we had relatives come over, there were certain times I could hear people sort of talking a little bit more quietly. And they were talking about me. Hey, man, did you guys hear that Bill's going blind? Can you believe he's going blind and he's an eye doctor? How can that be? The poor family. The family's going to be so unhappy living with him. He's going to need, need everybody in the family to help him. Like if he wants to go to 7-Eleven, he's not going to be able to walk to the corner by himself. They're going to have to hold his hands. Or if he's hungry and he wants to go to McDonald's and get some lunch, he'll never be able to make it on the bus. He's going to ask everybody else to drive him there. And then when everybody else in the family, they want to go to a Laker game, he's going to probably ruin it for everybody to say, I don't want to go to no Laker game. Why should I go to a Laker game? I can't even see anything. So the family won't be able to enjoy these things. So I heard so many of my relatives talking about things that they thought that I was going to say or they thought that I was going to do. And they also thought that my family would react a certain way. You know, there is even one time one of the relatives even said, June, his wife, she's not going to put up with that. She's not going to stick around. Why should she? She's got a lot of life to live, and she should go and have a good time. She doesn't need to be the servant for the blind guy. And when I heard all of these people saying these things, 
it really made me realize the truth about how people feel about somebody who is losing vision or how they feel about a person who might be totally blind. And, you know, I really didn't think that they would think this way because for over, over 30 years, I was an eye doctor. And they knew that I specialize in helping children with low vision. And they knew how we were able to help these kids. Never before did I ever hear them say bad things about the blind or the people with a low vision. But now that it's me who is losing the vision, it was very different. Now, one of the things that I did is I just sat back and I just absorbed what they said. I didn't want to go and confront them and say, how dare you say that about me? But I just absorbed it. And I realized that, in general, this must be how most people in the world think. They think that if you're losing your vision, you really will not be able to do anything. And that really motivated me. I said, you know what? I am not going to be that way. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to learn to do things. I want to continue to learn to do things that I normally do. I love listening to music, building stereo systems, putting together the best subwoofers, assembling these types of stereos in cars, and making, making my own CDs. I said, I'm going to learn to do that. And it happened to be that I had a patient. And this gentleman is the owner of a recording studio. And his name is Louis Posen. And I said, Louis, you know, I, I don't know if you remember me, but I examined your kids. He goes, I remember you, Dr. Bill. How are you? And I said, well, I, I have a favor that I'd like to ask. And I'd like to know if I could hire you one day so that you could teach me how I could record music and make my own CDs, my own playlists and things, even if I am blind. He said, what do you mean if you're blind? I said, you know what? I have a disease and I'm going blind. I've lost so much of my vision. I can't examine kids anymore. He goes, my gosh. Hey, well, don't you worry about paying me anything. It'll be my pleasure to teach you. And we got together. And Lewis is legally blind. And the way that he showed me he does everything, I had no clue that he could not see. He had everything so organized where he knew what each button did. He had them labeled with these little bumps. And I realized that with these little Braille bump stickers, I could label the buttons that are on my stereo. And within a couple of hours, I was recording my own music. I was so happy. I was so happy I couldn't believe it. And he said, hey, well, why don't we go out to lunch now? Are you hungry? I said, oh, yes, I'd love to go to lunch. 
I said, where would you like to go? He goes, well, I, I know a restaurant. I said, well, you know what? Let me call my wife, June, and she'll come and pick us up. No, 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 no. This is just boys' day. You and I, let's go. And I said, wait a minute. Are you going to be driving us? Did you buy one of those self-driving Teslas? He says, no, no, no. But he says, I have something, and it's called Axis. So he called Axis, and then a car came and picked us up in about five minutes, dropped us off at the restaurant. The people at the restaurant opened the doors for us, set us down at a nice table. The waitresses obviously knew Lewis because they came in and they read the menu for us. And we had a wonderful, wonderful lunch. I said, you know what, this gives me even more hope. I really didn't know if I would be able to go out to eat again like this. I thought maybe I would always have to go with one of my kids or my wife. But if I went to any restaurant, I could ask the waitress to read the menu. I would be able to pay for the bill. I would be able to get a ride through Access. And so he said, well, let's do this right now. I got my cell phone, and we're going to call Access and set you up right now. So he called them. I gave him my name, the information, and I was set up. It was so easy. And I said, Lewis, I can't believe how easy all these things are. And he said, well, you know what, Bill? All of it is super, super easy when you know how to do it. But if you don't know anything about it, it's super, super hard. He says, what I'd like for you to do, I'd like for you to come over to my house tomorrow, ask June, and I'm going to show you that I could barbecue really well, even though I am blind. So June said, my gosh, he doesn't have to do that for us. But he really wanted to, so we went. And it was a wonderful, wonderful meal that he made. He barbecued tri-tip steaks. And then he got lobster tails and somehow cooked those on the barbecue. And we had baked potatoes. We had a really great salad. And we also had beer. And believe it or not, he brewed that beer at his home all by himself. I mean, it was fantastic. So, what I'm trying to say here is that that experience of meeting somebody who has low vision, When you meet a person who has low vision and that person has the right attitude and has learned how to do things, that is who you want to meet. And you want your child to meet that person. You also want your child to meet other children with low vision who are able to do things on their own. The reason that I think that is so important is that if your child has low vision, meet all these other kids and adults with low vision and sees that they do everything. They go to the movie theater and watch Spider-Man. They go up to the snack bar and buy their popcorn and sodas. They go to the arcade after the movies. They do all of these really fun things, even though they are blind 
or legally blind. It gives the child the confidence that they could do anything. And for me, that meeting that I had with Lewis was so important because it showed me that I could still listen and record the music, something that I just am passionate about. I love it. And I could still go to different restaurants and try all sorts of different foods. So the next thing that I did, I then called up a friend of mine who also happened to be a patient of mine. I have known this gentleman ever since he was in college. And he himself is legally blind. And he has become a teacher for the visually impaired. Many of you might know him. I haven't told him that I'm going to talk about him tonight, so I hope that he will excuse me. But his name is Keith Christian. I think he is the greatest teacher for the visually impaired I ever met. The kids love him. He talks to them at a level that all the kids have trust and confidence in him. But he also could be very strict with them. When they get out of control or they start doing things that they really shouldn't be doing, he will let them know. And I told Keith about my problem. And I asked him if it would be possible if I could sit in his classroom for a week. I want to know... How do these kids do things in the classroom? What kinds of sports do his students do during recess? How do these blind kids get to the cafeteria and select their food? He says, hey, man, that would be great. You come into my class. You could sit in here. You could stay as short or as long as you like. And we're going to have a great time. And I observed how he taught these kids. He would tell them, it is up to you to learn how to do all of these things because I'm not going to be with you for the rest of your life. Hey, you kids are going to be graduating. You're probably going to then be getting married. And you don't want Mr. Christian around your house. You're going to have to take your family out to dinner. You're going to take them to Disneyland. You're going to go on vacations. You're going to do all of these things. And you're also going to get a good job and make money. And he would talk to them just straight open. Real to real. And these kids listened. And they were very, very encouraged. A lot of them said, Mr. Christian, how do you know? How do you know that I am going to be able to get a job? There's a lot of blind people who don't have jobs. They just stay at home and they take welfare. And Keith says, well, look at me. I'm blind. Am I taking welfare? No. I want more money than what welfare is going to give me. So I decided to become a teacher. And the kids start talking among themselves. Hey, so do you mean that I could become a teacher? Yes. All of you could become teachers, but it's important that you do something that you really, really like.
If you do something you like, you'll be more successful. And these kids, they started talking, and they were very excited. And then Mr. Christian got serious with them. He said, it's great if you decide you're going to become a professional. It's great that you're going to get your own job and make your own money. But I got to tell you something. This business of going to school, school is not just playing around. You have to learn how to read. You have to learn how to write and spell. You got to learn how to do math so you could count the money that you're making. Because if you cannot learn these skills, nobody's going to hire you. But if you go to school and you do what your teachers say, you'll learn all of these skills. And as long as I am a teacher, you could come to me. You come to me and we will talk about careers. Maybe you want to become a lawyer. Wait a minute. Mr. Christian, there's no blind lawyers. Mr. Christian said, there sure are. I will introduce you to some blind lawyers. Well, could I ever become a doctor? Yes. You could become a blind doctor. There are many psychologists who are blind, and they do a wonderful job at it. You could do almost anything that you want to, except you cannot be a bus driver or a taxi driver. That is not permitted to be blind and to get a license. But we could talk about all of those types of professions. We could go and meet these other professionals. You could ask them how much money they make. We could ask to go visit them at their house so we could see where they live. We could go to the Dodger games and the Laker games and sit in the real good seats. All of those things are possible. You just got to work at it and take it seriously. And that speech, that speech that Mr. Christian gave these kids, it affected them so much. And throughout all the years that I was an eye doctor, I would see most of his students at my office every year. They would tell me what they're doing. They would tell me what their goals are. And these kids were on the right path. Dr. Bill, I just got accepted to UCLA. Look at my letter here. They would bring in their acceptance letters for me. I was so proud of him. My gosh. So as parents, we don't need to talk about all the bad things or the negative things. It doesn't do any good to talk about those things because nobody, nobody really knows what the future is going to be. Some doctors might think that they could predict if a person's going to go blind, but they don't know. 
you have other doctors who have examined people for years and years and years. But they don't know what the future is going to be. So you don't need to tell your kids that one day they may become blind. Do not tell them that. Tell them the truth. We don't know, but as long as we keep going to the eye doctors, we're going to be okay. In many situations, you could ask your eye doctor to refer you to a different specialist, somebody who is really up to date on the latest research. And that kind of information can be very, very helpful. You can talk to the kids. Get an idea of what are things that they're really very, very interested in. Maybe that your daughter really enjoys sports and wants to work for ESPN. That could happen. You know, most of these sports casters that work at ESPN, they're looking at a computer screen all day. When they watch the game, they don't have to look at the field. They're looking at a computer screen. And for the people who have reduced vision, we have specialized computer screens that are sharper and brighter and bigger. And they could push a button on their computer and it will magnify the screen. Maybe it's your son. And for some reason, your son has discovered sushi. He went to a Japanese restaurant and fell in love with sushi. Could he become a sushi chef? Absolutely. You could be a blind sushi chef without any problem. And as you know, the price of sushi is pretty expensive. So if he becomes a sushi chef, your son's going to be making some good money. <laughs> we also want to take our kids, when they're young, to as many different places as possible. We want them to gain as many experiences as possible. You know, when you go places, you could call the manager and just explain to them, you know, I'm bringing a bunch of kids and they would like to get a different perspective of Disneyland. What would it be like to work here? What's it like in the back set? And you will not believe what they will do for you. They'll take you all around so you could meet all kinds of different people, see what it is that they're doing. And you find out what type of job that your child might really enjoy doing at Disneyland. You can ask somebody who's a chef. Maybe this person is a chef at a steakhouse. And you could take your daughter to the kitchen so that you could see how the chefs do it. And if it is a chef with low vision, which there are many, 
they will show you how they do it. And the way that they do it is that they use timers. They don't look at the steak to see how brown it is. They know what temperature to put and how much time. And then they know when to flip it over. It is really very, very expensive. It's an expensive steak that they sell, but it is cooked to perfection. When your kids are little, I also recommend, especially before the age of five, before five, sign them up for different sports. Give them that opportunity. They could try gymnastics. They could try rollerblading. We could put them on a soccer team. We could put them on a basketball team. We could do all kinds of things just to give them that opportunity to try it. And I will tell you, it is such a good experience for them. You know, my son, he was never interested in sports when he was little. All that he cared about was PlayStation, PlayStation, PlayStation. So I decided I'm going to sign him up for baseball. He never played baseball before. He knew nothing about the game. But after his first game, I said, hey, we're going to go to Grandma and Grandpa's and let's take them out for dinner. we got to tell them about how you guys won. When we got to their house, he ran to their door, knocked on it. Grandma, Grandpa, Grandma, Grandpa. Hey, look at my uniform. I played my first game. We won. Dad's going to take us out to eat. Come on, come on. He was so excited. I never saw him so excited. And all the years after that, he continued to play baseball. And he signed up for basketball. And he signed up for tennis. And he signed up for golf. You know, he had this new love for sports. So even a child who has low vision can participate and enjoy sports. They could be the assistant coach. We can have them do all kinds of things. But the main point to all of this that I want you to remember is that it is very important to talk to your children who have low vision. And we don't want to say, oh, you poor little baby, I'm so sorry you don't see what... No, we don't want to bring up anything like that. We want to make it fun. Hey, Saturday, you want to go wrestling? Let's go wrestling, just like, you know, they do that on TV. You are awesome out there wrestling. Hey, let's go out for lunch. Where do you want to go? You pick. Hey, can you order for us today? Whatever you're going to have, I have. You just tell the waiter. But as we spend more time with our kids showing them how they should interact with other people, it's really going to prepare them for a very, very, very successful life. So at this time, does anybody have any comments or questions or suggestions, things that you have done with kids with low vision that really seems to work well? 
If anybody has anything you'd like to share, unmute your phone. Hi, Dr. Bill. It's Diane. Um, I think you did a great job describing, you know, your journey and the, the things that people with low vision go through. Um, just to kind of reinforce, you were talking about going to your eye doctor. I think that's a really important step for parents and families to really under, try to get a good understanding of a child's visual impairment. And with that information, um, they can help their child with, you know, the intervention. You know, should you teach your child uh, Braille or should they be a large print reader and kind of that kind of stuff. And you have staff from the Braille Institute are from are from my um, agency that um, partners for pediatric vision that can help guide parents in terms of what's available for kids with low vision and really to give them those, those tools and the earlier start, the better, so that they are successful and do have a wonderful, successful life. And as um, I'm not sure if the audience knows, but I am Keith Christian's wife. So um, having a husband with a visual impairment is not a big deal. It's just, it's not, it doesn't define him. It's just one aspect of him. And there's a lot of good things that he, there's a lot of good things that he brings to the table. So, he may not be great with laundry, but he knows how to fix my sink when I clog it. So, um, <laughs> but just to kind of go back, to it, by, by understanding your child's visual impairment, can really empower parents to help empower your child and really to give them those tools to be successful. The other thing I'd like to encourage parents um, when they have a low vision child is help your child develop a sense of humor. Um, there are going to be times where he's going to, bump into the trash can or go into the wrong place and it's it's just it's going to happen unfortunately but if you can give your your child the tools of okay have a good sense of humor smile about it say, oh i made a mistake i'll do better next time and you know just really give them okay if you know give them permission that if they you know trip over something they fall down to get back up Wipe off their knees and keep on going. And it's okay. Everyone trips sometimes, regardless of whether or not we're visually impaired. It's how we get back up that's important. Wow, that's so really thank you for good. Your- Doctor, I'd like to ask uh, you to do one thing for us, though, because um, not everybody is familiar with Partners for Pediatric Vision. Can you share your contact phone number and web address? Sure. Um, our organization at, um, phone number is 323-612-8185. And our web address is partnersforpediatricvision.org. I'll spell that. And my name is Diane Christian, and you can also email me at my name, dianelchristian at gmail.com. But there's, um, I, I do have to say there's a lot of resources out there. The Braille Institute has wonderful staff. Um, we have a very knowledgeable staff about the um, resources, services that are out there um, that's available to parents. And so just, um, you know, connecting to those people to kind of help you guys through the journey of having a child with a visual impairment I think is invaluable. I think that's one of the reasons why my husband and you, Dr. Bill, are so successful and have adapted to vision loss is because you did get a lot of that support yes, and understanding yes. and guidance. And so, and then just really going back to what you said earlier about um, having friends who are low vision, that's really important too because they learn from each other. And um, there is a lot of acceptance and stuff like that. I yes. could go on for hours, so... I want to also tell all of you in the audience this evening, too, is that Dr. Diane Christian, she is a psychologist. Yeah. Not licensed, but trained. She is extremely helpful because when you have a child with low vision, they may go through some psychological issues where they just don't feel they could do anything. Or it may also be that the parents undergo through many different types of wrong thoughts and ideas. And a psychologist can be very helpful. So 
So one more time, Dr. Christian, your phone number? Sure. Um, our agency number is 323-612-8185. My cell phone number um, to go, that goes directly to me is 714-451-6513. Thank you very, very much. That's very helpful. Thank you. Does anybody else have other other suggestions that you'd like to share or other things that uh, you have learned that was very helpful? Um, no, Dr. Bill, but I, this is Jaime Rubio. I'd, I'd like to monitor the doctor that I just spoke. She can share her email with us as well. Oh, sure. It's my. It's going to be my name, so it's Diane L. Christian. So it's D I A N E L C H R I S T I A N at gmail dot com. So Diane L. Christian at gmail dot com. And like the Umbrella Institute, all of our services are free of charge. Thank you for that information. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any other questions? Anybody else have any other questions? Um, Dr. Bill, this is Annie again. I I don't have a question, but I I just want to make a comment, if I may. Uh, First of all, I want to thank you for uh, such a explained story about your life and uh, sharing with us. I think that's very encouraging for the the audience um, overall. Uh, knowing that uh, that uh, there's always ways to to do things uh, and, and do better, so very encouraging, and I really appreciate that. Uh, oh, you the, the the other comment that I I like to to ask, and maybe and this is not related to the to the topic today, but maybe future topic for your consideration, if you could talk about person that had had uh, head injuries, uh, concussions, and how that impact the vision. Maybe maybe that could be a future topic, if possible. Okay, we will do that. That's a very very good topic, and it's very common that people might get hit in the head and it affects their vision. So we will talk about that. And yeah. I want to say one thing to you. You are a lucky man because your wife sure cooks nice dinners for you, huh? <laughs> I am, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay, does anybody else have any other comments, suggestions, or requests? Okay, well, we want to thank all of you for being on the call, and we will send you an email before our next seminar, which will be in October. So on behalf of Braille Institute, the Partners of Pediatric Vision, we wish you all a wonderful evening.